It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Feckin' Check-In, Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. Show. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Feckin' Check-In. My name is Trainer, and with me, as always, is my co-host Toomey. How are you getting on this afternoon, Toomey? Uh, I am fine. Uh, Trainer, it is one week exactly to my wedding. Uh, it's been up, it's been down, it's been on, it's been off. It's been a roller coaster. it's been a light switch. And uh, yes, at the moment it's on and I'm getting my head around to exciting, exciting myself about it. <laughs> it's a 25-person wedding. So that's kind of my focus. We're, we have a few little fluty things to sort out in the next week or so, but we're, I just want to relax for the next week or so and uh, start enjoying the preparation. Very good. So, yeah, this wedding has been the ultimate flute, I think. Um, more so than our technology flutes. <laughs> yeah, like the, there's a lot of fluty things. Uh, for for me, the low point was, was last Sunday when uh, there was... It was pretty much leaked to the media that there was going to be a level five restrictions in Ireland, meaning that weddings would be reduced to a maximum of six guests. And uh, we were like really devastated on uh, Sunday night about that. And then the next day it's back on. So, yeah, and uh, which was good. And it's great and exciting that's back on. But you're so fatigued after like months of this type of fluty sh- shite. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, ca- I can't even imagine. I mean, by comparison, planning my wedding a couple of years ago was a cakewalk <laughs> and and that seemed stressful at the time and i didn't even have too strong a hand in planning it just a small bit like and uh jesus i can't even imagine what uh what you're going through <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a weird one because like you're going through all this stress but at the same time you're trying to remind yourself that it's a really happy day and the the meaning behind it but then there's just all this stress on the front of your head so it's it's a difficult one to to balance like I think when you're in your suit in the morning in a week's time, we're all standing around uh, having banter, in inverted commas. Uh, you won't be worrying about any of that shit anymore. Wearing a suit is, is a great thing for cheering you up in general. Yeah. <laughs> Even the Debs. I was really happy at the Debs coming back all those years just because I had a suit. It's on. nice to be able to wear a suit for legit purposes and not have it be a job interview or something. Yeah, exactly. It puts you in good form, as you said. And like for me... I always dreaded the uh, being the center of the attention at a wedding with, say, 100 people there. And in this way, this is a 25-person wedding. So I can just imagine myself being much more relaxed on the day. Yeah, so um, every cloud. Every cloud, yeah. That was a silver uh, shout, Sorry. Silver lining. Shout out to the, guy, the people, friends who can't make it. It'd be sad not to have them there. Two absent friends. Yeah, two absent friends. And we're going to put them in a prayer of the faithful. <laughs> oh, Full excellent. Dis- Full disclosure, I'm not that religious, but I'm getting married in a Catholic church in Trinity College uh, just for the venue. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people do that, in fairness. People do it for the photographs as well. And like, you know what? I mean, so what? <laughs> Who cares? I'll be Catholic for a day. Even though I was brought up Catholic, my parents are staunchly Catholic, uh, etc. Uh, but yeah, the wedding is on the horizon. We are actually going to take a three-week break after this episode, a hiatus, if you will. Yes, we are. Yes, indeed. So this will be going up uh, on Monday, the 12th of, uh, what is it? Jesus, October. And then there'll be a three-week break from the feckin' check-in as you um, are, you know, enjoying your newly wedded state of being. <laughs> is that a thing? Honeymoon, other people call it. 
Honeymoon period, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is the last feckin' check-in for three weeks, so let's make it a good one. Absolutely. So, this is the feckin' check-in, the podcast about funny observations, entertainment, culture, and kernels of truth. And trainer, for the last time in three weeks, will you lead us out on your funny observation of the week? Yes, I will. So this is related to feckin' metal. Um, I just released an episode on Friday there with Jarvis Letterby, the singer of Night Demon. This was one I was really looking forward to and had done a lot of preparation for. And I think it's going to give me a, a broader audience because Night Demon are a very popular band and, and all that type of stuff. So um, I, I, I had asked Jarvis how he was going to connect to the call. So you don't want to be putting too much pressure on your guest because they're doing you a massive favor by even doing it at all. And um but in previous ones where we've had guests like Andreas Antonopoulos or Tony Kelly in the early days, uh, we, we asked them uh, cheekily if they'd record the audio, send us an MP3 and we could mix it or you could mix it together. And that, that creates a better sounding podcast um, at the end of it because the Zoom audio isn't great and you can take out like offensive background noise or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Jarvis was like, I'm just going to connect on my phone via Zoom. I was like, OK, that's fine. I'll just use the Zoom audio. So um that it still sounds fine it's perfectly fine like and it's a it's a, a lot better than other interviews i've heard on other podcasts like so that the audio was grand there's nothing wrong with it but um so we we did the podcast anyway and I, as as i was going through it I was like this is really fucking good stuff like he had some interesting opinions on things that i wasn't expecting and i was just enjoying it as it, as it was happening and afterwards you know you get that sense of this has been a good episode you know you get that sense after the feckin check-in lots of times as well you're like we really kind of were firing on all cylinders there um so Usually when you end a Zoom call where you've been recording, and I, I did make sure it was recording, by the way, as well. I was certain that it was recording. But usually when you end a Zoom call, I save it locally to my device. That's the option I have selected. Uh, so it saves to the laptop hard drive. And um, usually when you press end call, you get a little pop-up notification to inform you that the the um, file is now converting to MP4 or whatever, right? So the, you get a video file at the end, which you then convert to, to MP3. And um, I didn't get that notification. And I was looking at the screen going, fuck, 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 fuck. Uh, because there was no indication that it had been recorded or, or was being saved anywhere. So I was like, at the point I was like about to lose my mind with with just complete and utter frustration. Everything was going through my mind like, shit, I'm going to have to tell him it didn't record. I can't possibly ask him to record this again. That would be ridiculous. Uh, and we wouldn't capture the same, even if he did agree to do it, which would be like a ridiculous thing to ask somebody. Um, you wouldn't capture the same spontaneity as we've discussed many times. Mm. And all the stories that came up naturally wouldn't come up again. And it, it would be so forced. And I was just like, oh, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, and I, I thought like it, you know, the, the podcast was peaking at this episode for the, for the early episodes. And I was just like, oh shit, I've lost it. So I was checking my local folder in my laptop and I was checking everything and uh, it was nowhere to be found. So sometimes when I'm really, really frustrated and angry, uh, a, a thought uh, crosses my mind. It's a quote from DDP, the wrestler, Diamond Dallas Page. Um, and funnily enough, I actually was talking about DDP yoga with Jarvis on that episode. But um, he has a, a quote that I always remember. And I try to make myself remember it when you're really pissed off or you're annoyed about something. And it's life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. And uh, it's it, like, it might be kind of an idealistic thing, like something really, really terrible can happen to you. But when in times of frustration and when you're tempted, let's say you're in work or something and, and you get a snotty email and you're tempted to reply immediately, or somebody says something that you perceive to be a slight or something happens to you that that's that's like 
a terrible thing happens to you or something the temptation is to be really pissed off and start throwing shit around the place or whatever not that i would do that but like just getting really angry so i decided i went into the toilet i was like there's nothing you can do about this just relax there's nothing you can do about it even if even if this has happened nothing you do now is going to change that it's happened so that was going through my head and i was like i was almost at peace with it and then i got an email from uh, zoom to tell me that my cloud-based uh, upload has now finished uploading and it's available and i was like thank the fucking lord <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, not that I, not that I'm religious either, but um, so for some reason it had saved to the cloud rather than saving locally on my device. But it was just all of this shit was running through my head, and then I'm, I like I don't believe in any of this nonsense of like things being meant to be or things happening for a reason necessarily. But uh, to me, it was nice that I chosen to remain calm and collected about it, and then as a result, not as a result of that, but like in a nice coincidence, after I calmed down and I'd made peace with it, then I got the, the notification to say that I'd actually had recorded. So yeah, it was massive relief. You left a message on my phone during the week about that. You, you seemed so relieved. It was like manna from heaven to use another religious uh, reference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like if you were one of these people who thinks, you know, stuff happens for a reason, you could lead yourself to believe that uh, because I calmed down and the way I reacted, uh, that's why it recorded. Obviously, that's nonsense. But you know there were there were fleeting periods of time when i did kind of that crossed my mind as well and you'd be amazed the amount of problems that that sort themselves out if you actually do nothing if you just like let them sit my dad always says let it sit and then sometimes the, the solution just comes or sometimes even when you're stuck um you're stuck on something maybe creatively or something like that and you think there's no way out of it uh and then you just pause for like a day or two and then it, the solution naturally arises that's it so that was uh that's why i don't know how funny it was but that's my funny <laughs> observation of the week Here, uh could you repeat that uh ddp quote again please yes it's life is 10 percent what happens to you and 90 percent how you react to it okay and that reminds me of the rocky quote and i am going to put on a rocky accent and i'm going to deliver a quote from rocky i don't know which rocky it's from uh it might have been one of the, the more recent ones Okay, okay. Uh, here we go. You, me, or nobody is going to get hit as hard as life. But it ain't how hard you hit. It's about hard, how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you could take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. <laughs> November 21st, 1976, actually. The, okay. the uh, timestamp <laughs> attached to that quote. Right, uh, that might be Rocky 2 then, is it? Rocky 1 was 75, I think. Uh, Rocky, no, Rocky 1. Yeah. So, so, ah, okay. so uh, Very uh, good. crass accent aside, I think it's the same thing. It's like uh, life is much more about how you react to being punched or when you get knocked down, it's like getting back up again. That's what determines your success in life. You ain't never going to keep me down. I get knocked down. But I get up. <laughs> Chumba Wumba there with some uh, sage advice as well. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of this funny observation that has a hint of a kernel about it. And I'm not talking about Colonel Mustard in the kitchen. I'm talking about the kernel of truth. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, so that was 
from that. <laughs> Funny observation in the bag. Next. <laughs> what are we on to? Will we go for E, C or K? Do you want to go in uh, alphabetical order or do you want to mix it up? Acron- acronymical up, uh, order, actually, the F-E-C-K. I tell you, let's go in acronymical order. That's a word I've never said before. Um, so the E for me this week is something... Entertainment. Uh, entertainment, yeah. Um, it's something we were talking about a long time ago on Open Us. Is it Open Us? I think it was Open Us. Um, and it was about uh, the concept of watching people playing video games online. Um, and when we did our experimental Twitch episode, one of your suggestions, which I ended up doing, was you playing Tekken, which you called Feckin Tekken, which it led to the name the Feckin Check-In, actually, um, and Feckin Metal. Um, but uh, I was in, in my head, I was like, why the fuck would anyone want to watch somebody playing a video game online? And I didn't quite say that to you, but that's privately what I was thinking. Well, you did say that to me. To <laughs> I, did, I didn't say yeah. why the fuck, though. I wasn't. Well, you said it in a nicer way, but you, you, you expressed a view that, that you didn't understand why, why anyone would be interested in that. Yeah, but then actually, as I watched, it was... It was entertaining because you were communicating with the viewer and you were there was comments going back and forth and that type of stuff. So I I could see a bit more why um, somebody would do that. But at the same time, again, I was like, I can't believe this is such a big thing. And it's huge on Twitch. Like people make their living living from this. I, I've heard musicians saying recently, um, there's a band called Trivium and the singer Matt Heafy. He, uh, he was saying he makes more money from Twitch streaming than he does from uh, playing video games than he does from uh, music currently. Uh, obviously, you're not making too much music. Uh, money now but like there's lots of people out there who are doing that playing video games and making a lot of money from it um anyway so i got the new pc as the listener will be aware and uh me you and richard cody were chatting back and forth in whatsapp about games and i was kind of getting excited at the, the concept of being able to play modern games and one of the games i loved when i was younger was doom and doom 2 mainly was was a game we had at home when i was younger and uh, i used to have a uh, a uh, product or like a um, piece of software where you could make your own levels for doom um so like doom shortly after it was released in the early 90s the developers released the source code so that people could manipulate it and make their own versions of it and make their own levels and the, all that type of stuff so that was a huge thing in the early days of the internet and um, i used to make my own levels at home me and daily and stuff used to do it and it was great like entertainment back then it was something like you were like on like on the inside of the thing and you were able to create it and change it and it was That's really cool. I yeah. didn't know that you could do that on the Doom games. Yeah, it was great. Even in the primitive PC days, like um you could do that. But anyway, um I started getting excited about maybe playing the new Doom and then I started looking up videos online of Doom and I found myself some like I found myself in a comment section where people were talking about the most difficult Doom. They call them WADs. Uh, so when a, a a fan creates a doom level or an episode it's called a wad and i think that stands for where's all the data so it was like most difficult ever doom wads and i came across one called doom 2 sunder so the um the person who developed it called it sunder and uh, i found myself watching somebody playing through doom 2 this custom made wad uh, and i watched it for about two hours (laughs) 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 and i was dug into it completely dug into it and so basically this person made the the most difficult but yet playable version of Doom 2 imaginable. Like, so there's ridiculous numbers of enemies and monsters and, you know, not too much health to pick up and stuff. And uh, just alone, just the last um, level alone, the video of him doing a playthrough on the last level is over three hours long. Now, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I was absolutely dug into it. And I was like, what? At one point, I was like, what the hell am I doing? This is such a waste of time. And I was like, no, it's not. This is brilliant. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> it's really entertaining. I, yeah, and there's t- there's probably millions of people joining you watching this guy playing the video game. No, this wasn't a live stream. This was just something uploaded to YouTube. But uh, at the same time, like I got the same kick out of it that I think 
uh, other people probably do from those live streaming things and it was just taking me back to like when i used to play doom and you're like i was i was rooting for the guy playing the game and really impressed with how skilled he was and like you do forget that like being good at a video game especially a really difficult one is quite a uh D- decent skill like you know it's, it's a skill you develop over time and uh, i've been watching a thing on netflix there recently um uh i can't remember the name of the show it's a video game based show it's just like half hour episodes and there was a guy who was like brilliant at street fighter or year- years ago and he became like the world champion street fighter player and now his job is to like coach street fighter players uh to go to these world championships of street fighter and play against one another and they're the most skilled like street fighter players in the world and like there's a whole industry out there of actual people making their living from being good at video games yeah it's amazing and uh twitch is really the the place for that like the live streaming website twitch and uh i found myself with live streaming people watching people playing video games i'd never set out to do it i'd never say right at eight o'clock i'm gonna watch somebody play a video game it's one of those things that you you fall into you go oh that lad's playing fifa and he's he has a video of himself and he's talking it through as he's beating all these opponents. I might watch that for a minute. And then you end up watching it for like two hours, as you, as in your case. Uh, Richard Cody always says uh, he has Twitch people playing video games on in the background. It's like relaxing to have on. Like he'd be doing something else on another screen of his computer and then he'd have video games just on in the background. There's something comforting about it. It was quite comforting, actually. That's the, that's a good word to describe it. And you know, I was actually just postponing editing a podcast, so it was a nice distraction for <laughs> for a couple of hours. But um, yeah, it was just like it was nostalgic and comforting and really enjoyable. And this guy was fucking brilliant at Doom as well. Yeah. The other thing is when you while you were saying that stuff is when you, when you mentioned feckin uh, tekken so that was just we were trying out live streaming for a week on our old podcast open us so we're just kind of the concept was we try something new each week and and live streaming was the thing for that week so it did feckin tekken but it was me playing random people online and i was trying to i was commenting and trying to make it funny as i was losing most of the time or when i was winning some of the time but i was thinking feckin tekken because you now have your pc and richard cody has the game as well we could potentially do a feckin' Tekken show, a live streaming show where it's you against me, our videos shown in the corners of the screen, our reactions as we are pummeling each other in Tekken. Yeah, that sounds great, and I'd love to do that. I actually have to set up my controller now to, to start playing Tekken. I have Tekken 7 downloaded on the on the PC, and the only thing that got me the last time when we were in your apartment playing it is the buttons weren't the same as the PlayStation 3 setup, so it takes... A, a while to learn your moves again uh paul phoenix being my character of choice i know those fucking moves off by heart since tekken 3 was out um and like the move sets don't really change they just add to it they don't take away from it um so once i can get that my button set up exactly like it is on the playstation 3 i'll be uh, ready to go ready for action so look out for feckin tekken the live stream from the feckin check-in podcast network look out for that as well as feckin football after a hiatus yes have you had any more thoughts on that? Or do you know what you're going to be doing there? Don't really know what I'm going to be doing. Uh, it's it's going to be solo at the start. Uh, just myself talking about football, I think. And putting in clips of incidents that are happening in football matches and giving my opinion. Or it could be my reaction to articles I'm reading about football. It's kind of easy because football, uh, there's constantly updated news all the time. So you can have an opinion on anything. So I don't know. Like It'll be me on my own starting off. But I don't know if it will drift into guest format um so this is a a slight side point but now that we've brought it up uh 
you are, are exp- you're doing guests and a bit of a solo bit on your podcast, Feckin' Metal, and you were saying that they're, it's quite different experience with, with both sides of it. Yeah, so the first episode I, I attempted that on was the one with Jerry Mulholland from Rabbit Bitch of the North, uh, episode four. And I did a cold open and a cold close uh, where I just speak myself. But uh, the first time I did it, it was fine. But then yesterday, I had the Jarvis episode ready and edited and ready to go. I just needed to do the open and close. I must have recorded it about 20 times before I was happy with it. Uh, I just found it so unusual just speaking on my own. And then the, the temptation is to not make any mistakes at all. Um which is it's a bit stupid, really, because like you can't be expected to speak flawlessly all the time and not stumble, especially when there's no one there to bounce off. Um, and then the gaps that I was leaving, I was really conscious of them. So if you actually listen to the start of that episode, there's lots of edits in there. Uh, the, the keen listener, the keen eared listener will pick up on those probably. But um, yeah, I was just you're like i think we've used this phrase before you're like you're talking into the abyss you're not talking to anybody yeah and you're like i have five points to get through here but like i just i was hearing myself speak i was like you sound like a dickhead <laughs> <laughs> and you're like i'm sad but I, I was just being ridiculously self-critical um and then when i actually listened back to what i finally produced it was grand and i think i was messaging you at the time and you were like just don't overthink it and that's what i was doing i was completely overthinking it and once i stopped doing that it, it flowed much more easily yeah and that comes across in the the final recorded version i think it's just a place you have to get to if you're going to be doing those uh, solo podcast uh, type of things or or sections in a podcast so yeah I'll see how i get on with feckin football after the three-week hiatus so that was just a side point there um uh, do should we wrap it up there on the e section yes that's enough of e for this week uh, we're going to move on to c now for culture All right, so Toomey, this is, uh, right, well, let's actually introduce this one. So this was suggested by a, a listener of ours called Fenster, who has been with us since Two-Faced Fake Snakes, and I think listened to Open Us as well, so a loyal listener there. He is the listener. Um, he suggested on Twitter about the, uh, he, he had picked up that you were getting married in a Catholic church, and he mentioned maybe you could talk about having to do a pre-marriage course, uh, which is something I didn't do, obviously, because I had a non-religious ceremony. So uh, anything interesting about that you'd like to discuss? Uh, well, I was all set to talk about this last week, but then the wedding a flutiness got on top of me, so I postponed it to this week. And in that intervening week, I have not done any preparation. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I'll just talk briefly about the, the marriage course. So, yeah, it's a, it's a Catholic thing. Um, it's kind of I guess it the, the the point of it is that they want to see the Catholic Church wants to see if you've given enough thought to marriage and what it means to you, and do you know it's about having children <laughs> all this stuff. Uh, oh right, but that's that's the general point, and uh, you have to send off a certificate to the the church, and they have to review it before they'll allow you to to get married. So to it's a compulsory requirement. Um, but uh, in these strange COVID times, uh, we decided we wouldn't try and force in one where you go to a group because normally you go to a group and you do actually a two-day type of thing. So two eight-hour days. Christ almighty. sounds extremely <laughs> intense. Jesus. So when the COVID came, I was like, yes, no, don't have to do that. Um, but... Um, Instead of that, they they offered you could you could do it socially distanced, 
uh, and we just weren't interested in that. So what we ended up doing was this complete sham of of a, a online marriage course uh, provided by the Avalon Avalon company. You pay them a hundred euro, and mm. they have. It's actually, I'm not. It's not actually a sham in that. I I don't mean that literally, but it's. Uh, it's very easy to pass is what I mean. So there's like, there's 10 questions at the end of the course. So you watch a series of videos and you have a workbook and you fill in the workbook and you talk to your partner about the questions and yeah, but at the end, the only way they assess whether you've done the course are these 10 questions. And there, there are silly questions like which, who was uh, the expert quoted on relationship conflict? And then they give you like, an option of four names, like multiple choice, but you're able to just to to Google that. Like you put in the name, you Google it. Uh, so it's like, and are are, sir, are you supposed to have studied this material in advance? You're or? supposed to study it during the course of watching the the videos of the of the marriage course. But we were oh, okay, pressed, sorry, we were yeah. pressed for time, so I found there was all these like silly little questions like that. Wait, who what who was the wedding planner? Laura Palmer, Quiva Casey, and. It's, <laughs> What so what fuck? you do is you just google those people and you get the answers because it's just multiple choice so i was able to do the the test at the end without actually having done the course so i actually sent that off before we did the course so and you're saying you cheated in your wedding <laughs> test <laughs> I cheated on my wedding test uh so we actually did some of it so we watched some videos of this guy and he apparently is a couples counsellor and he has a PhD in it and he's a very experienced but it's also like the history of marriage back in the 1800s this was marriage and it's like this kind of real corny stuff and then you take a break after each video and you fill out questions on a PDF about your partner so what's the best things about your partner uh, are there any habits that annoy yourself about the annoy you about your partner what's the thing you you fight about the most so you both individually complete these workbooks and then you talk about them, which is kind of interesting in in a way. So, what's the benefit of saying negative things about your partner before you get just before you get married? I don't know. I think it's that Catholic kind of disciplinarian thing in the background, isn't it? It's like, have you really thought about this? No. Do you know, like to me, that would I'd be thinking to myself, that's none of your fucking business. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? That's just nosiness. Who? Why do they need to know this shit? Yeah, just really personal. Well, in fairness, now this one. Uh, this was a workbook that we did individually. It wasn't like submitted or anything. They were just for me and Liz. But I, pres- I presume they're the, sa- they're the same questions in the face-to-face uh, marriage. But one of, one of the most personal questions was, how many times a week do you want? would you like to have sex? <laughs> Jesus so they're, they're really going for it. How many kids do you want to have? Like, they're really trying to stir things up. They're so obsessed with sex, aren't they? The Catholics, the Catholic Church, absolutely obsessed with it. To the point of mania. All these rules about masturbation, sex, all this fucking bullshit, condoms. They're just obsessed with it. <laughs> they can't accept a relationship that isn't centered around children. They, they just can't get their head around that. They, they can't yeah. deal with the human urge to have sex. And But it was very funny, all these questions. And we were like into them the, the first few times and like taking it seriously and saying, oh, that's what you thought. And that's what I thought. And we were going along and then we were sitting on the couch doing it. And I was scrolling through uh, uh, on the screen. We were both looking at a computer screen and I was scrolling through it. And I was like, all right, Liz. And uh, what do you think about this question? And I looked over and she was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so Liz 
fell asleep during our pre-marriage course. Fucking hell. Oh, that's so, good stuff. Oh, we didn't come back um, to it after that, really, because we just thought oh, there's so much going on with, with the COVID stuff. So, yeah. Right. Well, you, you, it's in the bag now. In anyway. the bag. In the bag, yeah. That's madness. Um, okay, interesting stuff there about pre-marriage course. Yeah. Good good suggestion, Fencer. That's about, I would I would suggest to anybody who's getting married, go to the Avalon course because there there are like the videos are okay, the workbooks are okay, but the most important bit is that you can get the test done within twenty minutes easily by Googling the answers. And you, and you can cheat. And you can cheat. And, <laughs> and you can send off your for your certificate and they'll send it out to you the next week. So you don't even have to meet anyone. It's great. Perfect. I can't imagine doing that thing in a group scenario. God, uh, that would be horrendous, I'd say. Yeah, some people are into it, but yeah. There's actually a gap in the market for uh, non-Catholic or sorry, atheist or humanist. I think some people want to do a pre, pre-marriage course that isn't Catholic. Want they? to do it like without, without having to do so. it? I think so. I think so, yeah. Well, I wonder. I wonder. I'm just, it's all conjecture. <laughs> Absolute but, sadists. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, so the final point on this week's feckin' check-in is uh, the kernel of truth. And this is a quote from the film Field of Dreams starring Kevin Costner, which I've never seen. But it was also uh, used in a different form in Wayne's World 2, which I have seen many times. Um, And that is, if you build it, they will come. Um, So I believe the film with Kevin Costner is about him building a baseball stadium for baseball players to come to. Like, I don't really, I don't know, I haven't seen it. But basically the, the premise is, He's worried about it. He's worried that nobody will come if he does uh, this thing that he's supposed to do. But then the advice being given to him is if you build it, they will come. But I'm much more familiar with the Wayne's World version where uh, Wayne is trying to organize a festival called Wayne Stock. And he's worried that none of the bands have communicated with him. And Jim Morrison appears to him in a dream. And he just says, if you book them, they will come. Um, and that's more famous to somebody like me who's seen that film, obviously. But um it's basically related to the Feckin' Metal podcast again. Sorry to keep harping on about that, but it's a big part of my life at the moment. So apologies, apologies if you don't if you don't <laughs> listen to Feckin' Metal, you only listen to this. But um, so months ago, back in March or even earlier than that, back last year, um, I had this idea, kernel of an idea in my head to do a metal heavy metal podcast, and I wasn't necessarily sure what format it would take, but I drew up a list of potential guests and all people I thought could realistically uh, do it and and would be available to do it so i'm not going to be asking like uh you know james hetfield from metallica to come on because obviously he's probably not going to but uh, more realistic people who are accessible online and on the internet and um of, of that list now i i've asked um nine people to do it and one said no uh and then one hasn't responded to me but seven out of the remainder of the list have said yes and Wow. I know we've touched on this with uh, the feckin' check-in as well, but it's it's always so surprising to me how generous people can be with their time and yeah. the simple task of just asking them to do it. And it usually it's an immediate yes. Very, very few times or never even has anyone said, oh, what are we going to talk about or what's this about or anything like that? It's just like, yeah, what time do you want to do it? And I just think that's 
I, I'm just so grateful to the people for doing it. Like, it's shocking, isn't it? It is shocking. That they actually do that. They don't like. I mean, a lot of these people I've spoken to at gigs, just a bit, and uh, I might have exchanged a couple of messages back and forth on Facebook Messenger with them. Not loads of times, just the odd time. Um, so there's a, as a bit of a foundation there with these people, but at the same time, like they don't fucking know me from Adam, really. And uh, another religious reference there. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Um, I just think it's like if you it basically it's been working for me if you book them they will come and, and they have been and it's continuing to happen as well I have another couple of people lined up uh, for next week and it's just people are just quite sound I find they're so uh, they're so generous with their time and even I, I can relate with the feckin check in asking people the only the only time I was pulled up on it was the rapper Harry Mack. Oh, yeah. uh, so I got in touch with his, one of his assistants and they were like really interested in doing it. And then they said, oh, by the way, could you send us your uh, podcast download stats so Harry can judge if it's worth his while? And I did. <laughs> and, and it ended there. Yeah. <laughs> but no, nobody else has asked me for the stats who I've asked. <laughs> Nobody has asked me either. It was funny when it came up with Peter McCormick, though, on the episode that time live. Uh, he was asking us what kind of downloads we got. I think he was shocked. By I that. think he was disgusted. <laughs> yeah, he was. This, was, this was after he recorded the episode and there was just oh, a, yeah. a silence. Or it wasn't on the episode, wasn't it? It was afterwards, no. yeah. yeah. So he, he's getting like 240,000 and we're getting uh, double digits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're getting like 0.005% of his... his yeah. uh, yeah and is it, interestingly with peter mccormick i don't know if you'll listen to this but he didn't uh retweet our podcast after that uh which no. is a fact uh but i wonder i i've often wondered was it because of that because in some way did he feel that we had taken up his time by giving the impression that we were more uh popular than we were even though i didn't i don't think i gave that impression but i think maybe maybe that was uh hidden from him or something and he yeah, realized at the yeah. end he, I like, mean, oh. he might have perceived us to be more popular than we were yeah and I've wondered that as well he didn't retweet it because of that um, possibly but then at the same time like going back to people's generosity he said yes and he did a podcast with us and again he didn't know anything about us um, so it seems it, that would be quite petty to just not retweet it because of that reason uh, and you were saying he just doesn't retweet a lot anyway in his timeline uh, he just posts yeah, the, yeah could be completely different reasons and he was yeah it was really sound to do that so I don't want to come across as an ungrateful bastard <laughs> uh another one who was really uh, generous was andreas antonopoulos the most famous uh, bitcoin speaker in the world i was absolutely shocked and then ars blog uh, uh the yeah. arsenal fan uh, fan podcast re- again globally popular and then you're you're continuing this with like the likes of night demon is the biggest step up for you isn't it jarvis from from night demon but uh, yeah in terms of um popularity and uh just yeah they would be the biggest step up for me yeah and i'm hoping to get more on that level as i continue and i have a couple in the works yeah but even seven sisters i think that was the first one even the generosity of the guy from that to to go on first on on feckin metal is is shocking and uh, astonishing but yeah, in, in a good there was, way <laughs> there was no episode history there as well the only previous episode was uh the one i did with daily which wasn't obviously a, a musician um so yeah, yeah fair play to people basically is, is my my summary here um and I'd like to think if we ever get popular and <laughs> people are asking us to do a podcast, I, I will say yes. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I'd say it could happen. Like the thing is, going back to the quote, if you build it, they will come. Like if you have the platform, then they will come. And that's probably one of the best things we've learned about podcasting in the last couple of years doing it is that now we have a platform. And even I'm just thinking of myself going into feckin' football. 
I could potentially be asking famous football players to, to come on. And yeah. some of them are going to say yes. And and then if one comes on, then the next one might, is more likely to come on. And it's, it's like that, I'd say, with feckin' metal too. Like you build on your previous guests. That's it, exactly. That's exactly the kind of model I'm going for. And so far it's working, so it's all good. Absolutely. Wow, that was a, a old school feckin' check-in. Yeah, very snappy. Yeah, short and snappy. Um, and as we were talking there, I thought of a song of the week. I think it's my turn. Yeah, it's your turn. All right, so this is a bizarre choice for Song of the Week, but it's relevant to what we were discussing. So um, video games back in the 90s, I was talking about this with Daily on the first episode of Feckin' Metal, had really, really good soundtracks. And a lot of the songs and tunes are like embedded into my brain forever. So my choice for Song of the Week is the theme or the level music from level one of Doom. What a quirky song of the week. Yeah, but anyone who's played Doom, this will be instantly familiar to them. Um, it's really memorable music. And the two guys who developed Doom, John Carmack and John Romero, were big metal fans. So a lot of the music in Doom is actually based on popular heavy metal songs. And this one is based on Master of Puppets by Metallica. So it's not a ripoff, but it's clearly influenced by it. So uh, this is the song of the week. It's the music from level one of Doom, released in 1993, I think. Um, so there you are. Okay, and before we go into that Doom doom, uh, theme music, any final thoughts before the three-week hiatus? I'd just like to say thanks to everybody for sticking with us. Um, We are a small but still uh, somewhat popular podcast. Enjoying podcast. There are, uh, we've certainly endured anyway, there are a small number of very loyal listeners who listen to us every week and we really appreciate it and uh, we're going on a bit of a break. We will return, um, maybe with some sort of different format, who knows, but we definitely will be back and we appreciate everybody still listening to us after 26 weeks of this claptrap, so thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back in the, the the second week of November and yeah, thanks for sticking with us through the claptrap. A special shout out to the listener, you know who you are. And we will hopefully see you in a, in a couple of weeks. And thanks a million. And feck off, 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 feck off.